Hey there, it's the Jew from the Chew on This Podcast, letting you know you can leave comments, questions, and suggestions a number of ways. Reviews and comments are appreciated on iTunes and YouTube, and you can check out our daily postings on Facebook. Our Twitter feed and Instagram is at Chew on This Pod, and of course, as always, you can email us directly at chewonthispodcast at gmail.com. So there you have it, folks. Short of a bat signal or an Avengers card, there's all the ways you can let us know how big of a nerd you truly are. Enjoy and chew on this podcast. to episode 18 of Chew on This, a Nerds United podcast. This is uh, Casserole episode number two. I'm BJ. Vic. All right, so we've been posting on Twitter and Facebook um, to review us on iTunes for a while. It's, uh, you know, it's a really good way for us to you know, know how we're doing, and uh, it really helps us get some recognition actually on the, on the podcast in iTunes. Um, so anyway, like we said on on before, we'd like to, or and actually said we we posted it, but we'd give you a shout out if we got a review. So we actually have our first reviewer ever. All right. Um, it comes, yeah, exactly. Uh, he gave us five stars. Well, I'm guessing it's a he because of the um, <laughs> the handle that he has or she has. But um, <laughs> his 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 or her handle is Hits McGee. Now <laughs> I did say nice. <laughs> yeah. I did say hits, not not tits. Right, right. So I'm I'm wondering if if this person um did this so that, you know, they uh you know wouldn't be found out that their actual handle for iTunes is, is Tits McGee, so they went hits McGee. <laughs> There's a little different but what a difference one letter makes. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. So I wanted to make that clear. Um so anyway, thanks for the for the review and the endorsement, and and just so everyone knows that that we actually didn't write this review. If you read it, because it's it's pretty long and it's actually actually pretty cool. It's an actual fan. So like, um, anyway, so let me let me go back and and read some of the highlights of this uh, this uh, this awesome. review. Yeah, so, go for it. And this is yeah. So and I quote: "It has brilliant brilliantly funny moments." Um, that emanate from their riffing aspect. So basically when we're riffing and we think we're going way off topic, uh, people think it's oh. funny or this person thinks it's oh, funny. Oh, right on. Uh, the back and forth between Vic and BJ is fun and di- and dynamic, so it makes uh, it very entertaining. And uh, another one is kudos to the crew, and I look forward to more episodes. Oh, that's cool. I mean, so, that's, that's why we do it, to be entertaining. You know, it's fun. Uh, we entertain ourselves. So here's how... <laughs> Here's how you know that it's not from us because there are actual negatives in this review. Oh, cool. Okay, Even though yeah, this person gave us five stars, they gave us they gave us negative stuff. So okay. here we go. Ready? So not fully not fully in their groove yet, and they need to tighten up a bit. But what do you expect from a podcast with less than twenty episodes in? Oh, that's very true. And then the other one is I would love to say 
when they hit their peak that I was there from the beginning, which clearly states that we have not hit our peak yet, which I guess is good. No. Which means we would have to end. We would have to end like the podcast in five episodes right. to actually uh, hit right. our peak. And then let's see. Um, it says BJ sounds like he loves the cock. No, wait, that wasn't in the review. <laughs> <laughs> BJ likes the sound of his own voice. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was not in the review. I don't think. I don't. Yeah, I don't think. I'm going to have to go, go that read that son of a bitch just to make sure you're not lying. Don't post any shit and don't don't like make a fake handle and post some other no. shit about me on there. <laughs> <laughs> I but hate, uh, but anyway yeah yeah I hate Asians. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, thanks, Hits McGee. And again, that's Hits, not Tits, right. even though Tits would have been funnier. Uh, you know, we appreciate the reviews. And like um, like everyone else, if, if you want to give us a review, um, we'll, we'll give you a shout out on the podcast. And, and hopefully we run into the issue that there's so many reviews that that uh, we can't actually uh, read the names off anymore. Um, what that would be a good problem to have. Yeah, and there's uh and there's a few ways to, there's a few ways to do that too. You know, we're on our Twitter feeds at Chew on This Pod, and we have an Instagram as well at Chew on This Pod. So both of, that's pretty easy uh, to remember. And then of course you can always email us if you want a shout out or if you got suggestions or something you want us to talk about. Uh, we're at Chew on This Podcast at Gmail dot com. All right. Well, anyway, on to the reason why you all tuned in the Star Wars Blu-ray. I know you got it. Yeah, I did. I did. So what about those uh, special features? Because that's usually what me and you look at first of, of, of when, we, when we actually buy a Blu-ray. So well, what do you think of their special features? Well, the, fu- the funny thing is, is I, uh, as soon as I got well, it, I had to watch the movie again. <laughs> and then I um, went into special features. Now, I don't know which edition you got, but I went ahead and just ordered mine on Amazon. So um, – I think it's pretty much like every other Blu-ray out there, but yeah, I got the Target one. It had like an extra twenty minutes of interviews. Okay, well, uh, you're, with, you'll uh, have to you'll have to go into that then after we talk about the special features because I don't have that part of it, so I don't know what's on it. But um, as far as like the special features are concerned, um, I thought it was okay. Like compared to some of the other Star Wars ones that I have, I thought it was all right because it kind of went into the filmmaking process a little bit or it went into like um a little bit into you know when the star wars changed hands from disney or from uh lucasfilm to disney that you know then they you know hired jj and kind of went, you know, all the stuff that we kind of already knew but then when they actually went into the process of like filming i was really surprised of how much like green screen and blue screen that they were using um, compared, but I mean, still they use a lot of practical effects, but I was really surprised. Yeah, it was a mix of, bo- it was a mix of both. I mean, the biggest surprise for me was that, that there was actual, a person puppeteering BB eight. Um, right. That was the biggest. I thought a lot of the scenes where he was just on a normal surface, he was, uh, it was all robotics. Cause me and you went to celebration and we saw that thing come out with no puppeteer. That was straight droid. Uh, where we yeah. saw a celebration. I don't know how well that thing would really run in the sand now that I think about it, you know. Or- no, but, like, because it's practical effects, like, it looked, I mean, that's what practical effects are supposed to do, right? You mean, you know, you use part part special effects and, and part practical, and, and that's why it's really, 
that's why it was so great because it wasn't everything wasn't didn't have to be CG to you know like right. even the big uh, big giant uh, thing that BB-8 is attached to uh, or that's the first time Ray and BB-8 actually meet. There's actually four puppeteers moving that entire like elephant looking creature. Or yeah, whatever. that was crazy. Um, I I was pretty amazed actually at how it was really difficult to see, to spot something that was fake. I mean, with the exception of like Snoke, I felt like if they had another six months, Snoke would have been a, looked a lot better. But um, yeah, I thought it, I mean, I thought but, everything but else here's was the great. thing with with Snoke was he was he was portrayed through a hologram, so he was supposed to look a little bit like that. Okay, you know what I, I mean? mean, like that. There, it was he was a giant hologram, so that really wasn't. Uh, you know, I'm sure whenever you actually do see him on screen, it's not going to look like that. But, oh, I, did you catch the part? Wait, did you catch the part of, of Snoke when they were doing, like, the... You saw it, like, they were building the him on uh, the computer. It was layer by layer. And then they built his body. Bef- um, and then it was, like, all, like, crooked over to the left side. Yeah. Do you remember that? Did you catch that? I did catch that. Um, that's fucking weird. It's, it's like his body is completely distorted to the left. Yeah. It looks like, um, he's, he had some battle damage or something, either that, or he's got like a birth defect or something like that. Like he's, yeah, I don't know. he's jacked up, you know, really jacked yeah. up. Yeah, It's and, worse than you thought. And uh, like, I, I was, I'm surprised nobody has like said anything about it. Like I didn't, I don't remember seeing any like article or anything online about that. And that was like a pretty, like it was, they were just trying to show special effects, but they showed his body accidentally. Yeah. And they showed it um, like, well, cause they always have to build it from the ground up from the muscle structure. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Then, yeah. And then put the clothes on him after, but yeah, that was really weird. I mean, he looked like he had a really twisted body and I was like, all right, like, yeah, no, you're right. No one did say anything about it, but I don't know. Well, we are, but, uh, yeah, so I don't know, like I don't know how you felt about the special features, but I thought, um, I think overall it was just okay. You know, it wasn't. Um, yeah, they actually took a film crew, like the the documentary, the the one hour long documentary, opens up with uh, clips of the cast, you know, laughing and saying like, "I can't say anything. Like, what are you what are you going to ask me?" And they tell them towards the end that it's that it's actually for the documentary that it'll be. It's going to be recorded for the documentary of the Blu-ray after the movie's you know well and over, and they start laughing because they're like, "Oh, I can actually say something." Right. I like, wonder how much so, they actually said because they didn't really say anything. <laughs> right, right. Because like it, you know, a film crew was there the entire shoot just to do this documentary. So there's got to be some more footage. There has to be. Like you only condense that down to it like an like an hour, and you were on a three month, you know, three month uh, shoot. You know, in longer post, like th- yeah. there's no way, there's no way, there's just an hour. I don't know, man. Like you know, I've seen a lot of other special features that dive way more into the movie, like process, and um, you know, they they interview like everybody, you know, that kind of thing. Um, the the mm-hmm. one the one that really comes to my mind the most, and I've probably mentioned it before, but the Lord of the Rings trilogy, even the new trilogy with the Hobbit. Um, they they go from like you know artwork and and basic concepts all the way to the finished product and they go every step of the way through everything you know the the casting and then the 
animation and the animatics and the the music and the the ADR and then the Foley people and like even the grips, you know, they, they, they like interview everybody and it's, it's pretty compelling stuff. Like each movie's like has six hours of special features. That's all put together like perfectly. Like it looks like a book, you know, on the DVD and you can go through each thing or, you know, um, go to something specific if you want, or just hit play all and let that sucker just unfold in front of you. And it's, it's pretty awesome. And I, I've wished like just, Prayed like they would hire those guys to do their DVD, you know, to the, do their special features. Um, cause they just like in it, the force awakens special features, just like basically touched upon everything, but just a little bit, you know what I mean? Versus yeah. the Lord of the Rings ones goes deep into each section, you know, deep, deep, deep. And, uh, I mean, I love, I mean, I love watching all of that stuff because, I think it's like fascinating how they get like all like down to the minute little details of a button or something, you know, because I remember one of the special features on the Lord of the Rings, they were talking to the costume person and they were talking about how much detail they go in just for the extras, you know, and it's like, well, I probably won't even see that person on TV, but they do it on, on, on the screen, but they do it anyway. So, I mean, I love, I mean, I love all the behind the scenes stuff. Like I remember, um, the dark Knight. I was like, oh man, I can't wait to see how they did that one because I wanted to know how they f- how they faked the bat pod and how they, you know, faked the um, the tumbler, like if it whatever. And I found out all this crazy shit. Like the the the, the tumbler is actually like a million something to to build one for the Dark Knight. They built like two, I think. Oh wow! And they actually they actually like made it from scratch. Like there's no nothing in that car is is uh production like oh, it's wow. crazy and uh the bat pod obviously doesn't explode from the front but i thought the bat bat pod was like when it went through that mall remember it shattered that glass i thought it was like on tracks or something because i couldn't understand how that thing actually like moved I, I, I could i couldn't figure out how that thing worked either i i thought there was wires or something involved right in that thing because so what happened was they found this technology where it would match the tires and somebody had designed an engine that would fit inside a motorcycle wheel. So they just made a bigger one of it. Oh, that's so yeah. So the engines are actually inside the, the wheels themselves cause they're so big mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then they're connected up through the frame of the bike or the bat pod. Like that thing actually moves. And, and the way to, the way to move it is the, um, the handles don't turn like normal handles. Right. Basically, every time that he turns, he has to lean his body one lean. way or another. Yeah. Right. I remember. And it's that. fucking. It was so sick. And there were there were and there was early designs about the bat suit too. Like, you know, would the cape suck into like a, a like a little backpack and when he is, um, you know, on the bat pod. Yeah. And what they found out, what they found out during the tests, because they were afraid that the cape would snag. But because the cape moved so well and the wheel is so big, there was no chance of it getting snagged. And it made this like, I mean, you see what it looks like on screen when he's on the bad pod. The clay, the cape flies beautifully. That whole sequence is so badass. I mean, I still, I still love that sequence. Um, yeah, there's like practical effects for that too. Because when I remember watching the movie, I was like, oh man, I can't believe they flipped over that tanker or that, I'm sorry, not a tanker, the, tr- the, the truck, the 16 wheeler. Oh, right. They flipped that but I didn't, 
Yeah, they have. They built a hydraulic into it, or drive over it. I can't remember either driving over it or they built it inside of it, where they basically it would just flip. Yeah, fucking, and they just CG'd out the uh, hydraulic. It took me like a couple of views to soak all that in because the first time it happened, it was just shocking. You know, all that that whole sequence, like with the when he comes out of the alleyway and the and the wheels yeah. are like spinning. I was like, how the hell does how did that work? You know, and then and then he goes along and he and he. I didn't notice it before, but the bat pot actually goes flat and then he goes under the, he goes under the truck, you know, and then yeah. shoots, shoots those things. But I didn't catch it the first time that he, that the thing actually extended and it went flat for him to go under. I was like, Oh shit. It was super cool. And then when it like rolls up, up the wall, <laughs> you know, in the Batmobile, when he uh, goes down into like this, like weapons mode, and he mm-hmm. kind of like goes into the middle. Right. Well, when he's in the middle, that's the actual bat pod handles and the seat of the bat pod. That's so brilliant. Like I never saw yeah. that coming. When you saw the trailer, you're like, "Oh, cool! He's got a he's got a motorcycle." I had no clue that that oh, thing the fucking, was going to pop out went, of the car. <laughs> the theater went nuts when oh, that yeah. happened. That whole just, sequence, everybody just went nuts. Bonkers, especially if it was just like hit me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he just drives right by. It, it, you know, it almost like reminds you like of a of a cooler, less ridiculous version of the Nicholson one from right. the first Batman. It's a less. It's like now, more serious. If that was uh, Batfleck, he probably just would have drove over him. You know, <laughs> he probably would have killed him <laughs> <laughs> and then branded him. Yeah. Right. Right. That's too uh, What are the special? Uh, uh, did you ever see the Matrix um, special features? You know, um, I I bought the whole um, Blu-ray pack. Like um, it was on Amazon for like half price. I think it actually really cheap now. But it had like all three movies, and then it had the Animatrix, and then it had a yeah. crud ton of special features. And my yeah, yeah. favorite one is definitely the first Matrix because that's when they invented the bullet time. It's like right. I, I wanted to know how they did that sequence when he's like, Trinity, what do I do? And then he shoots him and he like does that fluttering. He bends over backwards and does that whole thing. Yeah. But I didn't know. Like I thought, all right, they just like did a really cool like rotoscope, you know, something. But it was like all done by digital cameras, like 360 degree, you know, yep. digital cameras, like taking pictures like one at a time. And then they just patched it together, CGI. But it was pretty awesome. I mean, back then, that was like a really big deal. Um, like, that was new technology. It was like, holy cow. Or like when Trinity jumped in the air, you know, and it's paused. Yeah. Like, it yeah, yeah. yeah, it was like, and then, you know how many people parodied that after that? So many, like, satires. Yeah, like uh, Deuce Bigelow even did it, too. Oh, Deuce Bigelow, Shrek, I think Scream, uh, not Scream, but the the funny Scream, I don't remember. Whatever the, uh, there's a couple of, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, there's always like these tidbits that also come out of special features that are just awesome. Um, like, um, oh, like there's a, there's a story about how the Wachowski brothers, or they're not the brothers anymore, but the Wachowskis, they, um, they went to Warner Brothers and said they wanted to make this movie for $80 million. Mm -hmm. And Warner Brothers was like, no, here's 10 million. That's how you make. Could you imagine the budget of ten million on the Matrix? Oh my gosh! So, no. So what they did was they actually took the ten million dollars and filmed the opening sequence of the Matrix, which mm-hmm. was the whole Trinity thing, and all the way until she, I guess, you know, um, disappears into the phone. I guess. Yeah. They like filmed, meet, they, they used ten million. Yeah. 
Yep, they she they used ten million dollars to film that whole intro, and then that's a lot of money. Uh, they showed it to the Warner Brothers people, and then they ended up getting the rest of the seventy million. Dude, that's like that. You gotta have balls to do that, dude. You gotta yeah. Have if you pissed away the ten balls. million dollars, <laughs> oh my gosh! Like you spent ten million dollars in the first five minutes. What? Oh yeah. my gosh, that takes balls, and they don't have balls anymore. Um, one of them doesn't anymore. <laughs> well, actually, do you realize? Like, I read an article about, but both of them are actually getting the the surgery done. So they're oh, both really? gonna, they're yeah, they're both going to be transgender, which is trippy. But um, I thought it was just you know just one of them, but I guess the other one's doing it too. So they're going to oh, be- there's there's a couple there's oh oh what was this other good one? Oh, I found out also that there's an actual um, relation to the Marvel movies in the Matrix. Oh, really? What's that? Yeah, I, I think it's re, I think it's in Reloaded when they keep calling one of the ships the Hammer. Uh huh. And the reason why they keep calling it and they don't ever mention it in the movie is it's actually um, it's a nickname that they gave to the ship because they couldn't say the real name of the ship, and the real name of the ship is Mjolnir, oh. and that's Thor, Thor's hammer. But yeah. the, the crew, the actors, couldn't really say it correctly, so they gave it the nickname the Hammer instead. Oh, but if you actually, there's a plaque so on the funny. ship that actually says that. I have to go back and watch that again. It's been a long time. I'm I'm not a big fan of Reloaded and Revolutions. I, I like the main yeah. still. And the, the Nebuchadnezzar is like the major ship, right? That they drive around. Yeah, yeah, that's theirs. Yep. Yeah. Um, I I'm think the Hammers is is yeah. Smith's. Is that hers? Maybe I she's she's so. got the hammer. I think so. You mean Jada Pinkett Smith? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Like, that's I've I've only I've never I've only seen Revolutions like twice, and I I can I can't even tell you really what that movie's what happens in that movie anymore, except for like the the last sequence I remember it was like forty million dollars they boasted the last you know the fight at the end or whatever, and I was like, well, yeah, yeah you're, did you know that? Did you see that movie in the uh, in IMAX? I actually I did. Um, Todd and I. My brother, we went and saw it, uh, I think, up in Seattle. Um, Reloaded. We didn't watch Revolutions on IMAX. Oh, okay. Because Revolutions, apparently, the rain sequence at the end when they're fighting, uh-huh. the rain is actually Matrix code, and you would only have seen it if you were watching it in oh IMAX. Oh, my God. you got to be kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, that would not make me want to go watch it in IMAX. Give shit. <laughs> well, it was, it was supposed to show, like... Uh, the uh, the the beginning breaking up of the matrix yeah. that it was like it was starting to mess up, but like there's no way you could really tell that if you're even watching on a 65 inch TV, you wouldn't see that. Oh wow, yeah, that just movie was just bad. It was bad. There's nothing redeeming about that movie at all. Um, what are the special features that you remember that were like really good? The special features on the Matrix were actually pretty dang good because they actually went into what it took to make those movies. And I remember in Reloaded, I think one of the the best sequences was the um, on uh, on the highway, you know, the highway chase and uh, the motorcycles and the twins. Yeah, they. Do you remember they told you it took three fucking months to film that entire yeah, chase sequence? Yeah, and they built well because they they had to keep changing it. They built a mile or two miles of highway at the Oakland airport. And yeah. They just, and they just kept filming over and over and over again. They had to keep moving things around. Like it was a, 
they built that freeway from scratch. Dude, I think principal photography for Star Wars was only three months long. <laughs> well, I mean, the thing is, is that like, uh, that movie was supposed to be this tremendous, huge event, like even bigger than Star Wars. Like when the second, when, when people got wind that the second movie came out, it was huge. Yeah, they were talking about that this was going to be like the Star Wars for that generation, the 90s generation. Right. But it kind of came out... Uh, it came out Little do they know that, like, they actually made the prequels way earlier in the <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> they, 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 I don't know. That that movie just came out and it was a total wet fart. It actually didn't do. I was looking up um, uh, earlier. I was looking up uh, the Wachowskis' um, uh, box office, and I just remember, like, you know, the Matrix was like this sleeper hit kind of thing. And then when that second movie came out, I think it did pretty well in the box office. Like, um, it did like 280 million or something like that reloaded, but like, um, worldwide it did, um, like 700 and something like 740 and revolutions only did 140 domestic, which was nothing. And the whole, I think, I think it was reloaded that, uh, that, uh, Deadpool, Broke the record of for rated R, it right? It did. It did. Um, because Reloaded, I think, was one of the top three like rated R movies. Because there was like The Hangover, Matrix, and I think Passion of the Christ was like the highest one. But I think Deadpool is on track to beating that um, once it hits. Like it hasn't even hit some of the other uh, countries yet. So um, right, it could break that. But speaking of the Wachowskis, like. Don't you think like they're kind of like the M Night Shyamalan like aspect where they made a, a really good first movie and then every subsequent movie has just gone downhill more and more and more as far as like box office wise and and the the quality of the films like the special effects right. still seem pretty good but the I don't think Shyamalan uses as much money minus like the Last Airbender. I don't think a lot of most of his movies don't cost over a hundred million dollars like the Wachowski well, brothers. Well, After Earth was a huge um, stinker. And yeah, but that was one. That was like one. Yeah, but if you look back, I think the first three movies he had were very successful, and then the fourth. Movie well, there's no was, way a movie like The Happening was over a hundred million dollars. I don't think so, but I don't. Or think even it made, Signs. I don't think it made that much money either, but like the village, yeah. the, the village was his fourth movie. And I remember reading somewhere that movie cost $80 million. And I was like, where did the money go? Because if you watch that movie, it's literally like set, you know, in, in a large piece of grass with like huts that they built from scratch. And everyone's wearing like these old, like Amish type clothes. And I was like, where the hell did the money go? Like, this makes no sense. Why this movie? Yeah, just think much. that. Just think, Deadpool cost the same amount to make too. Fifty-eight million Deadpool cost. Oh shit! It was less. Yes, yes. So you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, M. M. Night, you know, like I said, like his movies have just slowly deteriorated over time until, like, you hit the last Airbender and After Earth, and those were just huge, colossal. Um, failures and then like recently he started getting back to his roots and doing more intimate and independent and less expensive movies and and he was very successful with his latest film which was 
called The Visit. Um, if you haven't seen it, you got to check it out. It's watch it at night. It's really creepy. It's all found, not found footage. It's all like from the perspective of the kids going to visit their grandma and grandpa. Uh, it's really good. You know, um, the Sixth Sense special features are pretty cool too. There I, were a lot of things in there watched, that I didn't pick up on. I never watched uh, that. Did they? Did they go over like the clues of how they? Because someone told yeah. me, someone told me like you could figure out he was dead way before the end. Like you, if you followed the clues, did they have any like clues that, um, or did they say anything within that, that documentary or whatever about whether there are clues to figure out if he was dead or not earlier? Yeah. Well, they said they they were very. They said if you paid attention, you could you would notice that they were very specific on the fact that he never ever interacted with anybody like and he never moved any physical objects himself oh whoa they were very aware of the fact that if you go back and think of every single scene he was ever in with somebody else other than Haley Joel Osment you would notice that he never interacts with anything and when he does he's not seen doing it so that was the first thing then they were very specific about the color red throughout the entire movie. I remember that. Yeah, that was the village, though. They they did the color red too. They did something like that too. But in in the sixth sense, anytime you saw something red, you would know that something was about to happen. It would indicate like a uh, a ghost appearing somewhere. So every time like something happens, it, the something's red. Interesting. Like right, right, even down to the where they find the um, the tape of the mother poisoning the 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 daughter. Right, the da- oh, that, that upset. The videotape so that's the videotape that's inside that box is red. Okay. I mean, the box is red. Sorry, not the videotape. The box is red. Where the lining and the inside is red. That's interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. Um, so. Yeah, his his last Airbender movie cost 150 million dollars, and it only did 130 million um, domestic. So break that down to 15 minutes. What is that per minute? Because that's how much I've watched that movie, and I can't get past it. <laughs> so because he literally didn't even need to make a full movie. He could have just ended it in 35 minutes and I would have never fucking known. So you're like, he never finished that movie. Just make a $20 million movie of 20 minutes. I can't, I, I can't. I've tried four times and every time I get like I, 30 seconds past this tried, last part. I've tried and I watching can't. that movie. Um, I still haven't seen Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last or The Last Sandbender. I just can't bring myself to watch it. I think I've seen The Lady in the Water. I couldn't get into it. I tried. I just thought it was so that the he's so good at making trailers. By the way, like all of his trailers for his movies are like, oh my god, I got to see that. But yeah. that movie was not good. So yeah, I didn't like that at all. Um, but you know, his first first couple movies were pretty good. I like Unbreakable, still my favorite. Um, yeah, you should go back and check out the special features for. For the Sixth Sense, because oh, for it's sure. pretty good. I'm, well, I'm going to have to because I do own that money, that movie, and I haven't watched it in a really long time. Speaking of which, you know, I haven't seen it in a really long time, um, and then I just recently watched it again. Was uh, Clash of the Titans? Um, the, Wait, 19, the, ori- the, the original, 19, yeah, the 1981 version. 
1981 version with Harry Hamlin and like all the uh, um, uh, Harry How. Oh God, how do you say that guy's name? <laughs> the guy that does the the visual the effects, like the stop go motion. Harry Hounhausen, Vonhausen. I can't remember. Oh, the original guy who created that. Yes, who did like you know uh, Jason and the Argonauts and like uh, uh, Sinbad in the Seven Seas. Yeah, I, I love all yep. that stuff. I love that stuff so much. Um, the Clash of the Titans was kind of like one of the last movies to use that technology, and um, it's still like it's it's super cheesy, but especially with the the Bo- Bobo the Owl or whatever, Bobo <laughs> um, <laughs> Bobo. But I, I remember still, loving that movie growing up, watching that movie. I love that movie so much growing up, and like I remember. Um, the one Christmas I had, I think it was the year after Empire Strikes Back came out. So I got like all the Star Wars stuff for Christmas. And then the following year, I got um, all the Clash of the Titans figures, which are impossible to find. Like, I wish I had them so bad now. Like, I had every single one. Gosh, that movie was just was so, so awesome. Um, did you watch the remake, though? Oh, God, yeah. It was terrible. It was freaking terrible was so bad every it took everything that was so good about the first one and completely ruined it Maybe. yeah they even hit like they the the owl ended up being like a little gag joke too oh that's right he like pulls it out of the chest and he just like throws it over his shoulder real quick yeah it's kind of like kind of like what finn did in force awakens he took that little uh lightsaber thing the whatever they call that thing that was floating and shooting luke while he was oh right right yeah, I can't remember what they call that thing, but yeah, he just like tosses it over his shoulder. Um, it's pretty funny, but uh, yeah, man, uh, there's special features used to be a really big deal um, when movies came out, like when Terminator and like all these like oh um, T two, yeah, they had a really yeah, like good Terminator one. two had a really good, um, really good docs on that thing that just like really dove into like how they made it and it was super cool. Um, really when the technology was starting to, um, uh, you know, get really, really good. Like James Cameron was always at the forefront of all that stuff. Well, that whole, the, the basic T2 started happening because he could actually do the T1000 because he did abyss. Yeah. The abyss with the, the creature was like floating through the, uh, the water. He was, yeah. yeah, it was the water. So, that started think, him thinking like, okay, the technology is finally caught up. I can do this now. So that's why it, it was the next movie that he did. I think was was T two after the Abyss. That's right. Um, I think the very first time they actually rec- uh, did any CGI was for um, Young Sherlock Holmes. There's like a, right, uh, right. There's a sequence in uh, there where pain. this glass, yeah, glass the, breaks. The, the, yeah, the glass, the pane of glass, like jumps down and the knight jumps out of it and starts running. That's when he was like hallucinating or something like that. Um, but what a cool like effect that was. It was probably ILM too, I imagine. Industrial light. Yeah, it was. But, yeah. But yeah, I mean, everything after that, that just kind of like took off. But I think it was Jurassic Park where it really like exploded. Yeah. And talk about great special features too on that. That's a good one too. Do you know that um, when you were watching that, they showed like um, this guy's like, hey, let me put this in the computer and let me show you what we could do on this thing. And it showed like, like dinosaur skeletons. I think they already like filmed the sequence where Sam, Sam O'Neill, I can't remember his name. Um, and the kids are running and they're looking at the dinosaurs as they're running, you know, 
and um, on the grass. And right, then, right, right. Um, yeah, so they showed like the the, the they were going to do stop go motion, you know, for that for those sequences. But instead, uh, they did the the CGI, and it ended up um, looking real so cool. And they're like, "Okay, go with that, go with that." That was so Stan they, Winston, right? Was doing the stop motion, I, or was I it Dennis so, Miller? I think Stan Winston probably built the dinosaurs, like the live action, the the real ones, um, the animatronic. Oh, maybe it was Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett. Maybe it was Phil Tippett. You could be right. So so. Funny about that is that he actually got into the movie. Well, his line actually got into the movie because they had shown Spielberg the the computer animated version of the dinosaur, and it was Tippett, if that's the guy's name, who was doing the stop motion, was watching it with him. And somebody turned to him and said, aren't you out of the job? And he said, no, I think I'm extinct. And they actually ended up using that line in the oh, movie. Oh, that's awesome. Because Spielberg loved it so much. That's awesome. Um, I one of the things I remember in the documentary is they were talking about how they got that glass of water to shake. Like oh it yeah, forever to figure that out. That, they said that was the hardest special effect in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, couldn't you CGI that? That took a second. Why? Yeah, why I didn't even it? think. Of, I didn't even think about that. And then the when they explained it, it was basically they taped they taped a guitar string yep. in the middle of the cup. And basically plucked it yep. to get that perfect pool. <laughs> it was really, I mean, I was, how fascinating is that? I'm like, because you never think about it when you watch the trailer. You just think, oh, it's just. No, because you're like, holy shit, that's a fuck. Like, it's a, it's a great special effect, though, because I remember that in the trailer. I was like, holy shit, like, oh, my God. Like, that, it looked like it was coming out of a comic book, like, because he wanted, because Spielberg wanted perfect ripples it's, in the water it's so effective man because you know that summer's yeah. nearby you know <laughs> right and they're just like staring at it <laughs> it was super cool i love that um, that was a great shot so something interesting happened this morning we didn't really even talk about it i was going to talk about it at the top of the show but but then we really got into the special features but speaking of star wars from like a half hour ago <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah they, they snuck those bastards they snuck out a rogue one teaser this morning yeah what were you i didn't i didn't really uh i mean i liked a bunch of things to it but i didn't get the same feeling you got from it oh man okay so after i watched this trailer i texted vic this morning like that got huge feels i even got like tears in my eyes and all that stuff. And I, he was probably, he were probably going, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> like, why? <laughs> it's not that big a deal, but I got just as, just big as enough goosebumps, just as big as when he said, Chewie were home, you know, back in celebration. I'm not joking. Like I watched that trailer for the first time this morning and I got major goosebumps and I'll tell you why, because I saw things in that trailer that I saw when I was four years old, you know, they really like reached back and plucked, you know, the old trilogy and shoved it to the forefront again. It's like, it's, it, it's crazy how many visuals or whatever in that thing that looks just like the original trilogy all over again. I just couldn't believe it. You know, um, some things looked updated, but you know, it's just technology or whatever, but they had to, I'm sure Gareth Edwards had to make it look just like the original trilogy. I mean, down the death star, Looked like the right. Death Star was being put together at the very end. The, yeah. the laser thing. Yeah, that, that was, was fucking, fucking awesome. cool. 
Yeah, there were um, there were definitely parts where it brought me back to the original trilogy, but um, I don't know. I just didn't get the same. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not excited for the movie. I just didn't feel the same as like Civil War. Yeah, did. But I mean, there were some badass sequences in that that whole trailer. Um, I'm fuck where do I start? The uh, how about the uh, the it, well, actually, this is towards the end of the trailer, but it, it's in my mind really. Uh, big is when they were running out of the base and they're running towards the at ads oh. and they're shooting right towards you in the camera. Right. Like there's going to be some shit going down. There's going to be some, like we get to see ground battles. This is what the battlefront video game is going to look like. Live yeah, action. it did look like that. Um, just that, just seeing the death star again and seeing the, the star destroyers. Cause we don't see those anymore. Right. Like the old star destroyers. Um, seeing the regular TIE fighters again. Um, I think there's a sequence where there's a hooded figure bows down in front of a Bacta tank. With the I'm two not sure Emperor- if it's a Bacta tank, but like it's definitely Emperor, Emperor Palpatine in there somewhere. It's very possible because the two Emperor guards, right? The two Red right, guards. The, the Imperial yeah, guards, so yeah. so I didn't even, dude, I don't even know why, but I never thought of that in a million years. I'm like, oh my God, they can get Ian McDermott. He'd still look great as the Emperor. What the hell? Yeah, like, I don't think that hooded off. figure was Vader though. I don't think that was Vader. You think it's Vader? No, oh, I don't no. think it's him because he was no, hooded. I don't think it Vader's is not hooded. Right. And and the Emperor has that, that kind of black hooded cloak kind of thing, but I don't I don't know. I mean we're gonna speculate for the next eight months what the hell we just watched, but right. I I'm really surprised, you know, um I mean, okay, so for one thing, they got Ray as like the main character, one of the main characters of Force Awakens, who's very like you know strong woman um you know funny charming you know charismatic all that stuff and then i watched the rogue one trailer and and they showed felicity jones and she's just every bit if not more as a badass like she just looks tough you know yeah yep and i'm digging what disney's doing right now you it's know, a with, very diverse cast, too. I mean, did you see fucking Donnie Yen kicking ass out there? Oh, my God. He kicks the star, the stormtrooper's ass with the staff and martial arts. Yeah. That, that I got a little wood, the wood, man. That that was awesome. Um, yeah, they, they really did do a diverse cast. There's a rumor already online that said uh, somebody said that uh, Felicity Jones' character is Ray's mother. Oh yeah, I kind of I I read that too, but I I have kind of a distinct feeling. I mean, not really. This is spoiler territory or anything like that. But I have this distinct feeling that everybody on that crew is going to die. You know, everybody, even down to probably the main character. This is a one-off story. I I can't see them making sequels or making any of that stuff. This is like no, it should this- directly lead right up to. Right before Princess Leia gets R two onto the well, that's ship. That's what I'm saying. I really i i hope I really hope that they do something that, and this maybe this is just me. Maybe there's more people out there, but I really want it to segue right into Episode Four. Like you could put those movies back to back and like have one long movie. I, I think it'd be pretty pretty slick. But oh, that'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, because that ends, you know, the beginning of Star Wars is so iconic with the ship, you know, capturing Leia's ship and all that stuff. But we've always wanted to know how they got the, the Death Star plans. And this is this is the film that answers that. I wonder if they're going to use the same theme and the same opening um, as the movies do, the other movies do. Oh, you mean like a like an opening crawl? Yeah, I wonder if they're going to do the same I, thing. You know, it's not Star Wars if it doesn't have it. 
I, I think, you know, we already, it was already really weird not having the 20th century Fox thing, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was that, so weird. Thing, they, it's funny how that became as iconic as the Star Wars thing. I know it was. Um, it was always 20th Century Fox, long time ago in the galaxy, far, far away. Lucasfilm, oh no, sorry, Lucas, Lucas before that, and then it was right. the long time ago, right? And then the music. It was like just you just guaranteed you would see that. Oh, speaking of the music, the music was amazing in that trailer too. It was so slow, but you could get, you got Luke's theme, you got Vader's theme, you got the Imperial March and you have the regular yeah, Star Wars. It ended theme. with the March. So good. I mean, I don't, do you know if John Williams is doing the score or they probably got somebody else? No, um, uh, probably somebody else. Yeah. I don't, I can't imagine he's going to do all the movies. It's guys getting up there in age and it's a lot of work, but yeah, I can't wait to see that movie special features about how they tried to make it seem like it was part of the original trilogy. Yes, I, I do too. And I, and I want to like, um, I hope they do interviews with like the cinematographers. Cause didn't you say like they got the guys that did saving private Ryan and they got, um, or black, black, Hawk, black Hawk, down. Hawk down. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, you know, that, um, watching the trailer, like it's gritty, but it's still very star Wars. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So they did a fantastic job like capturing that. Um, what did you think of, um, Forrest Whitaker? Like when I first heard he was casted, I was like, really? Like, you know, that might take me out of the movie because usually I like to have unknown people in there as much as possible. But I didn't, you know what, just, just based on, just based on his speech that he was overlay, that they overlaid over the trailer. Mm -hmm. I liked it. I liked it. I didn't didn't think it was like, oh, that's Forrest Whitaker, you know? It was really good. There's there's been a, there's been, there's been some, some movies where he shows up and I'm like, that's Forrest Whitaker. Like he's not playing that guy. That's Forrest Whitaker. Right. Right. He's totally, I mean, he sounded like a totally like a star Wars character and he had like really, he had really good lines, you know, that kind of really set it up. And then that last shot of Felicity in, um, in the, and like, look like the Imperial garb, like maybe she's going undercover or something like that. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm really stoked. I, I cannot wait to see this film. It's still, I think it's my top, it's my number one in the must see list this year. I think, I think it's going to be like a real thriller. Like when she is actually inside the death star trying to get out. Yes. But, but it's all the other stuff that I'm interested in too. Like, like we're going to see some ground battles between the rebels and, and yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, and it's Man, I thought it was trippy seeing like, because you know you don't see uh, At-Ats really walking around on Endor, I don't think. Maybe you do. You see one. You see one. But for it to see it, but it, it, it felt different watching it this morning because it felt like, oh, my God, I've never seen, uh, you know, At-Ats like not in snow right even though they were in even though they were in on endor it it wasn't the same right and and then have and then you're like on the ground with the soldiers running toward those things you're like what are you doing yeah yeah because the only other person that ever ran towards an at at was luke skywalker right and you're yeah if you're luke you can do that (laughs) nobody (laughs) those guys don't don't have jedi powers um yeah i'm really curious really curious about this movie now because there's no i mean no Jedi's, no, you know, any of that stuff. The Force or any of that stuff. So, There's Vader. Just don't know how much. Yeah, like I kept thinking, like reading stuff about, oh, he'll be in a hologram, or oh, he'll be this or that, and I wouldn't doubt that. But I want to, I truly want to see him, you know, there 
doing something, killing people, like or, bad, or right? Just yeah. being a badass, yeah. you know. I I like I would love to see like that's that's the kind of stuff that if they actually do that, like I want to know, like I want to see the process of them uh, going back to the old footage and making sure that the the helmet and everything are the same as in a new hope because it shouldn't be shiny you know what i mean right it shouldn't be nice and shiny because in a new hope it wasn't shiny it was like matted almost and you could see imperfections in it absolutely so i hope they don't so i hope they go back like i would love to see that in the special features for that too of how they made vader the other vader yeah absolutely i think um continuity is a is a big deal and i think they're you know this company's done a bang up job so i i think you know, we're in for a real treat when that movie comes out. And then, yeah, like you said, it would be really interesting to see that concept, how that started, um, how that movie's concept started. If, to I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to be pissed if it's like the Empire Strikes Back Vader or the Jedi Vader, <laughs> because because like it's those 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 costumes are so much better. Like you could tell they could spend more money on shit uh, making Vader's costume better. But the version we get in. um Rogue One, one better mimic the uh, New Hope uh, costume. What about? Oh, um, it looked like that base was Yavin, right? Did that look like Yavin? Uh, I'm not sure. It, it kind of looked like it to me, and and then they they dropped Mon Mothma, you know. There, I was like, oh my god. Oh yeah, did she was in uh, Revenge of the Sith? Uh, Revenge of the Sith she, uh, as Mon Mothma. Oh, oh, are you serious? Was that the yeah, same actress? Yeah, it's deleted the scene. It's a delete. Yeah, she's in the deleted oh, scene. Oh, genius! Okay, okay. So they just rehired her to play Mon Mothma. Yeah, a, well, she looks she looks just like her, dude. I mean, the, the, I think they yeah. they don't introduce her really until Return of the Jedi, but that's awesome that they got got her because she looks just like the actress. Yeah, um, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I don't know if they're going to cast a Leia. They're going to. I know James Earl Jones is back as the they're probably gonna do leia with like a like a body double and not show her face maybe yeah you might because she has that white she has that white hood you know so you can pretty much hide anybody yeah that's a good point because all you really need to see of her is her getting the plans somehow or you could just see her like looking down on r2 as they're you know getting like going onto the transport and the movie ends basically oh yeah i never thought of that if uh r2 and 3p are going to be in it I wouldn't be surprised if the blockade runner, you know, is in it and Captain Antilles and um Oh right, right. Um Grand Moff Tarkin. I know I've heard rumors about them hiring an actor and trying to I wonder if Jimmy Smith it. will come back. Who? Jimmy Smith. Oh yeah. It's uh because like he's alive at that point in time. Alderaan hasn't been destroyed. That's right. That's right. He would be really super old though. But But that would make sense though. Yeah, I guess it would. It wouldn't have worked when Revenge of the Sith came out, but now it it would work. He might be he's that age where around where Leia was. Yeah, that's very very true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, there's a lot of different things that they could do um or bring back in it, but it, they have to do it in a way that's not, you know, like, oh, that's bullshit. You know, they got to do something that Right. Don't force it like Lucas tried to do in the prequels. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, ah, yeah. Oh, so, okay, so we just went through a bunch of, like, special special features that uh, that are really good. All right, I got a question. Ready? Okay. What shitty movie, right, what shitty movie would you 
want special features on like the Lord of the Rings. Oh, like, like a, it's like really in depth, like an in like, depth one, like the worst, like a ever. six hour doc, like, yeah, like a six hour documentary of showgirls, <laughs> like something <laughs> like that. <laughs> or uh, that's a good one. Oh, um, well, uh, Battlefield Earth would be a good one because I'd want to know, I'd really want to see those people talk for six hours about how they really wanted that franchise <laughs> how passionate, to work, <laughs> how passionate it was. Yes, or how about uh, oh, fuck, what's a What's that? What's that movie with Fred Savage where he had monsters? Was it Little Monsters? Oh yeah, Little Monsters. Oh. I don't remember. It wasn't a shitty. It wasn't a shitty movie, but I would still love to see like an in-depth thing about how they, you know, did up Howie Mandel's makeup every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Just six hours of that. <laughs> oh, you know, there's so many bad '80s movies. I mean, it would be... oh, speaking of which, like, um. What's that movie with the oh the Beastmaster? Oh yeah, <laughs> a six-hour documentary on that. Yeah, six-six-hour do- or, or Sheena. You know, yeah, was- forty. No, the the Beastmaster one. There's like on the six-hour documentary. There's forty-five minutes of the ferret. <laughs> Just the thing about the ferret. <laughs> I love those damn ferrets. You know, they're not legal in California. I think they're illegal in Oregon. Yeah, but just think about just think about that documentary and there's like a forty five minute documentary about the ferret. Just talking like about the ferrets. <laughs> yeah, just the ferret. <laughs> that movie oh my god, that movie kinda holds up too. Have you watched that recently? Uh it's it's been a few years, but No, I haven't. That movie I love that movie. <laughs> it's so it's so weird. <laughs> what about Red Sonia? Red Sonia. Six, That's yeah, about right. a six hour, six six hour, hour documentary. documentary about that. Yeah, about how bad her accent is in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> and then like three hours of it is you trying to explain to me that that's not really Conan in the movie. <laughs> you put, you imagine putting the sub, like, dude, I can't understand this. Let's just put the subtitles on and it's just like gibberish. You're like, oh, yeah, that- but it's fucking like, but, but, but it, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger in, this like medieval, like, you know, weird Conan type thing with red Sonia. Right. Yeah. And then he's basically got the long hair. He doesn't have a shirt on and he's got like, you know, you know, better garbs, but he's fucking Conan. Like it's fucking Conan. And you're yeah. telling me that's not him. He is Conan. Who they should have just it, had him Conan. See, who said it wasn't him? I thought, I thought Conan made an appearance in that movie. He wasn't Conan. No. What what was this? I had, dude, I haven't watched that movie in like thirty years. I I couldn't even tell you what that movie was. I don't about. know what he. I don't know what he was, but he wasn't Conan in that movie. That's why. <laughs> like that's why it's fucking funny. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So like it, on that six hour documentary, kind of try to explain to me how you put Conan in the movie in a Conan like movie, but his name is not Conan. <laughs> <laughs> What, what what was his name in that movie? I have no fucking clue. It wasn't Conan. That's all I know. It was not fucking Conan. <laughs> he looked exactly <laughs> like Conan. He's even, yeah, exactly. Even, they even had like the long. He had the long hair. I think too. Wasn't he even swinging around the sword and he was shirtless, or was he just wearing? He had a some he had a he had a sword. Yeah, I'm telling you, dude. It was it was just Conan without the name. This is this is, <laughs> this is bad. I have to go back and watch yeah. that movie again now. I kind of want to watch it too because I want to. I want to know if there's any clues in there about why he's not fucking Conan. Well, the. No- 
He's he looks like Conan. He sounds like Conan. Yeah, yeah. He acts like him. Um, damn, yeah, that would be a fun casserole episode to do. Just bad eighties, you know, sci-fi movies. There's tons of them. There's so many fun ones. Um, oh wow, I I haven't thought about Red Sony in a long time. Six-hour documentary on uh, the Disney movie The Black Hole. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I can't, no, I don't. I've never seen. It. I heard it was pretty bad, though. It's so bad. It's like the worst sci-fi. They were trying to. It was Disney's version of Star Wars, and it was so bad. Like so many people tried to replicate Star Wars back in the day. I mean, even yeah, Battlestar Galactica and um, you know Buck Rogers, all that stuff. Did some really now Buck Rogers. I think was before, like the comic book. But the comic strip Buck Rogers was out way before that. Oh yeah, Buck Rogers and um, what is that? Flash? I mean, they they brought it to TV. They brought that to TV, you know, after Star Wars. But that comic strip had been out way before Star Wars. Yeah, because same like, thing with Flash I Gordon. Think it was like uh, it ran from like 1979 to 81. I remember I watched every single one of those things. You know, I, yeah. I'll never forget Twiggy. It was just like beady 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 beady. You know, <laughs> he made that weird, like, weird noise or that, that hawk dude, you know. Um, yeah, there's some, that's, that was a crazy show. But uh, what about, um, let's see. Uh, actually, no, that would be pretty good, though. I'd like to see a six-hour documentary on the Incredible Hulk series. Um, oh. I don't know, man. Like, uh-huh. there, there is, I know that there's a lot of good movies out there um, that have really, really good special features and, and audio commentary. It's just sometimes it's really hard to sit down and, and watch a movie with the audio commentary on. It's really, it's difficult. There's a lot of, uh, you know, crappy movies out there in the 80s and 90s, but it'd be kind of fun to revisit, you know, in the future. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be pretty good to do an 80s, uh, 80s movies one. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, <clears throat> it would be interesting to go back to some of these um, movies and, and check out special features of stuff that I have never seen. I know... Like uh, Seinfeld is another one that's a really like I love that show so much uh, in the 90s. And I know that the DVDs have like a lot of stellar like documentaries and commentaries on it. And that'd be interesting to go watch those um, at some point, too. But yeah, all in all, you know, uh, going all the way back to the beginning, um, I thought The Force Awakens special features were we're fairly decent. I mean, definitely um, a step in the right direction compared to uh, the George Lucas prequel um, special features. All right. That's full circle. Yeah, that's full circle, buddy. So that's episode uh, 18 of Chew on This Energy United podcast, Casserole episode number two. I'm BJ. Vic. Chew on that. See you next time. Later.